Oh, hello there. I didn't see you. Uh, welcome to the F's cast. We are back! We are back! Woo! I am Doug, that Greek geek. I am Dennis DeBuckland. I'm Bruce Maplefrost. And we are the F's cast. Yes, and with us back again are two very special guests. We have Liam and Connor. Say Hello. hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi. And today we will be doing something very, very fun. Very, very we fun. Are, we are going to be reading the script for Shark Cop 3. Hopefully this time we don't lose up the footage. <laughs> yes. Hey, we had all the footage when we shot it. We just uh, forgot to edit it for a long time <laughs> and didn't shoot part of it <laughs> yep. until like a year later. Yep. Well, at least we have it all, unlike that one movie. Yes, and we, so what's going to happen is we have a script here and we are each going to be reading a role. It's basically going to be, yep, basically just going to be a role play. Just a big radio play. Big radio play! So welcome back to the 1930s. This is entertainment now. Brought to you by Weezy Cigarettes. So let us introduce who we will be playing. Let us start with the main roles. Dillis, take it away. Shotgun! Also known as Dean Jones. Bruce. Uh, I'm doing Parafera and the and the random suspect dude. Liam, who will you be playing? I will be reprising my role from a movie as Brittle Star, as well as reading the screen the scene headings. Yes. Connor, I am going to play Gordon Guppy. I'm going to play Dark Shark, and uh, there's a cameo from Jay from Time Battle, and I'll be reading that too. Yes. I shall be playing Dr. <laughs> Albert Glickenstein, as well as the bartender. Oh, yes, right. I'm also the perpetrator. Sweet. Sweet. Rock on in. Let's get started. Right. <clears throat> what, like the pink song? What? Sorry, sing it for me. I'm coming up, so you better get this party started. Is that right. pink? Yes. Well, it's a bar. Ready, dudes? Yes. Ready, dudes. All right. Very much ready, Mr. Director. Exterior, Trunks Bay City Streets, Day. Detectives Dean Jones, Shark Cop, and Brad Vertlestar frantically chase down a perpetrator in typical Shark Cop fashion. Running in circles, impossible directions, etc. Oh, in the name of the law! They're right on his tail when suddenly the perpetrator knocks a trash can in their way as he quickly slips into a, near, a nearby alley. Alright! We got this! No, I've got this. Brittlestar chases after him. What? Wait! Brittlestar continues on while Shark Cop runs around the other side of a building. Exterior, alleyway, day, continuous. 
Brittlestar frantically searches before reaching a dead end, suddenly being and suddenly being tackled by the perpetrator from around the corner. He grabs him and holds him and slams him against the wall, pinning him. It's over, Kappa. You can't stop defending me. The perpetrator is about to finish him off when he's suddenly knocked out by a door opening behind him, revealed to be Shark Cop. Shark Cop looks down to see what's happened. Oh, great team, Riddle Star rolls his eyes. Interior, TBPD station, evening. Shark Cop and Brittle Star sit outside the processing office waiting for fee- waiting for their feedback. What is that? Awesome, I can't stress enough how great it feels to be back. I mean, in a couple months, oh, I'm fine and all, oh, but nothing feels to void more than bringing justice. Right. I guess me carrying your blubber around constitutes its justice. He wants to deal. Let me put it this way, fish face. One of these days your luck's gonna run out, and I won't be your savior. Excuse me? You get... You get your ego stored on... What? This bus is not nothing to with my capacity. Prove it, Sharky. Uh, Parafera enters the room, interrupting the two. Ahem. Sharkop and Brittle Star acknowledge him. Good evening, gentlemen. Parafera, how's the chief pan- campaign been treating you? Oh, not bad. Competition is stiff. But I'm optimistic. Anyways, we finally got something out of him. He plans to be a member of some group called the Red Abyss. What is the Red Abyss? It seems to be some some kind of deep science cult. Branded and everything. Parafera shows them a, a jacket uh, was a jacket patch showcasing a, a shark fin sticking out of an ocean of blood. You're jabbling on about something called the finning, and soon we'll all be purified. Guy clearly wasn't well. Also, he had barnacles growing all over the back of his neck. Parafera shows the two photos of what he's been of what he was talking about. Uh, the two view them and, and are visibly disturbed. Jeez! What's the plan now? Now, you two are going to find out who's behind this and put a stop to it. You two? No thanks. I'll handle this myself. Brittle Star stands up and walks away. Luck isn't going to stop something as serious as this. Detective, what in Cod's blue ocean is his problem? Hard to see! Probably watching too many high-bodied comps. As a kid. They watch Brittle Star leave. Interior, the trench, bar, evening. Brittle Star bursts in through the main door, holding his badge high in the air. TBPD, let's make this quick. I don't have all night. The patrons of Vidar look up from their drinks and see the grizzled officer. A large majority of them get up and scatter out of a bar, leaving a few uh, 
a few innocent patrons in the dust. The bartender, who sports two eye patches, raises a glass, and the rag he is cleaning it with towards Brittlestar. I gulpa. Uh, Brittlestar walks over to the counter. I think I know what you're looking for. Huh. You think so? Would that happen to be two broken bones and a shot of squid ink? No. It's the way out. The bartender pulls out a bat from under the counter. Now swim back to where you came from before flounder here busts your blowhole. Brittlestar smirks. Funny, I didn't think this was a sports bar. Uh, Brittlestar pounds down on the table with his fists before grabbing the bats, flipping it in the air. He catches it and rams it into the bartender's gut. <clears throat> How about we play a round of Jeopardy? For 500, who here represents the Red Abyss? I don't think you understand, Jeopardy. Brittlestar slams his head into the table, holding him down. <clears throat> Want to go for the daily double? The bartender weakly points to a table on his right. Right, right, up there. You got the answer. Brittlestar looks over to a table filled with unsavory individuals. Thanks. He picks up a glass the bartender was cleaning. You missed a spot. He puts it down, lets the bartender go, and walks towards the table. Excuse me, sir. I'd like to ask you a few questions. The patron nervously looks up at Brittlestar. Exterior, alleyway, late evening, Brittlestar brutally shoves the suspect against a wall. Now you're gonna tell me everything you know before I lose my friendly disposition. You you don't scare me. Oh, is that so? Brittlestar pulls out a picture of victims to fishermen. Okay, okay, it, it's a doctor. He's transforming them into... A figure slowly approaches from behind and attacks Brittlestar. Interior, Shark Cop's office, early morning. Shark Cop sits at his desk visibly exhausted and sleep-deprived as he looks over at photos of the case notes provided by Parafera. The phone rings and he answers. Hello! Wait, what? I'm on my way! Shark Cop instantly gets up, grabs his hat, and rushes out the door. Interior, T- TBPD station, morning, later. Sharkop sits in shock at Parafera's desk. So what you're telling me is... Detective Brillstar is indeed missing. We suspect he might be dead. Parafera pulls out a box of evidence. Last night he called me about a tip he ha- had received. When he got there, all I found were these. Sharkop looks uh, looks in the box to find Brittlestar's jacket, shades, and hand. Oh my god! We also found this. Arafara sits a tape recorder down on the table. I figured you want to hear it. Arafara plays the tape, a recording of Brittlestar, Brittlestar's interaction from earlier. As soon as Sharkop hears the words, Doctor, and uh, transforms... He instantly freezes. Interior, laboratory, night, flashback. Sharkop is is strapped down to a table, shaking in a frenzy. An anonymous doctor, Dr. Glickenstein, creepily walks over, slowly pulling a rubber glove over his hand. Ready to play, Cod? (laughs) 
he he laughs. Interior TBPD station morning. Uh, later, Parafera stares at Sharkop. Are you okay, Sharkop? Sharkop comes back to focus. Wait, what? Are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. Just I'm thinking of my daughter running at home. Anyways, I'll find the surroundings and bring them back to you, Justice. Sharkop exits the office. Uh, exterior alleyway day continuous. Sharkop searches through the alleyway where Brittle Star went missing. What happened here, Brian? He eventually notices a trail of barnacles le- leading over to a trash bin. He flips it over to uncover an old leather wallet with the name Gordon Guppy labeled on it. This is promising. Sharkop exits. Interior, Sharkop's office, day. Sharkop types on his computer, cross-referencing the name with various other cases in the past few months, to which he finds no matches. He looks at the wallet to find a small note hidden in one of the slips, reading, If found, please return to 22 Fenway Drive, East Coast. Finally! Sharkop opens a new tab on his computer and searches up the address. Bingo! Bingo! Sharkop rushes out the door. Exterior, uh, 22 Fenway East Coast, afternoon. Sharkop knocks on the door and waits. A man, Gordon Guppy, opens the door. Gordon Guppy! Yes? Sharkop pulls out his badge. TVP! I have some questions to ask you. If you don't mind if I come in. Um... No, not at all, officer. Gordon steps out of a way to let Shark Cop in. Interior, 22 Finway East Coast, afternoon. Continuous. Uh, Gordon and Shark Cop walk into the kitchen. Take a seat. Shark Cop sits down and takes in his surroundings as Gordon walks t- around his kitchen. He notices a coat hanging on the rack with a patch sewed on matching the Red Abyss logo. Uh, can I offer you a shot of squid ink? Look, why don't we just cut the times and get down to business? Too nice to go. And obviously, went missing. And this wallet. Sharkop sits the wallet on the table. Was found at the crime scene. I wanted to know what. Went down! Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. Sharkop hops up, grabs Gordon, grabs Gordon, and pulls the back of his collar down, revealing barnacles growing on the back of his neck. <laughs> I knew it! Now you're telling me what is the feeling! Only if you can catch me, Finhead. Gordon attempts to make a run for it before Sharkop grabs him by the shirt and pulls him down to the floor. No, these cheeses aren't getting real old now. Tell me what you know before my carnivorous side kicks in. Please, 
I've heard about your paces. You're about as scary as a flounder. Shark Cop moves in closer, looking more intimidating than he's ever looked before. My friend is dead! This time, I'm Alpha Bud! Shark Cop bites on Gordon's shoulder, tearing part off part of his shirt. All right! He was going around asking about us. I was ordered to ask him off. What by who? The doctor. He comes to us, has us bring people to him so he can purify them. Sharkop spaces out and and has another flashback. Interior, laboratory, night. Flashback. In vague and sudden flashes, Sharkop, shown only in pieces and never showing his face, is strapped to a chair as needles are being injected into various parts of his body. A doctor looks down at Sharkop. Interior, 22 Finway, East Coast, afternoon. Shark Cop comes to and angrily takes another bite out of Gordon's jacket. What doctor? Gordon starts to shake in horror. I don't don't know his name. He he comes to us with jobs, promises we'll be purified. I'll, I'll tell you where to find him. Just please don't eat me. Shark Cop spits the fabric from his jacket out onto him revealing he hasn't done any damage to him physically at all. Gordon wipes away, wipes sweat away from his brow. Sharkop pulls pulls him up and the two leave. Exterior, a bad, abandoned building. Afternoon, continuous. Sharkop and Gordon arrive outside the lab. Here it is. All your answers you'll find in here. Sharkop uh, stares in hesitance for a moment. He takes a deep breath before moving forward with Gordon. They approach the door. Open it! Gordon unlocks slash opens the door and gestures him to enter. Shark Cop walks in. Interior, abandoned building, afternoon, continuous. Shark Cop comes through the door frame to take in his surroundings. The room is dark, gloomy, and seems devoid of life. Suddenly, Gordon closes and locks the door on him. Shark Cop rushes back to try and stop him. Sharkop pounds on the door with no results. He sighs in frustration before walking deeper into the building. His eyes adjust as he realizes the room is a laboratory filled with various vials and test tubes and and an operating table. Sharkop touches it and spaces out into another flashback. Interior, laboratory, night, flashback. In vague and sudden flashes, Sharkop is strapped onto a table in a frenzy as he tries to break his bonds before stopping from from exhaustion. The doctor approaches him. You are more extraordinary than I ever could have imagined. The doctor unstraps Sharkop's bonds and holds a mirror up to his face. Once seeing his reflections, Sharkob suddenly jumps up in a frenzy, knocking the doctor over and bolting and bolting for the door. He bursts through the door, disappearing into the night. Interior, laboratory, afternoon. Sharkob's consciousness returns to the present as he stares in shock and confusion. What happened here? I can answer that. <laughs> Sharkop turns around in a shock. He sees the doctor from his flashbacks approaching him from the shadows. Welcome home, my child. 
you. You're under arrest. Sharkov charges at the doctor and attacks him in a fit. Sharkov throws punches, but the doctor continuously backs away and dodges all of them and slips behind him, trapping him in an arm lock. You fool. You cannot stop the thinning. Sharkov struggles to escape. You have no idea how tired I am of hearing that. Sharkov trips him and breaks his hold. Dear child, it will be the last thing you ever hear. That downfall given you just said something else. Sharkov tackles the doctor, resulting in him banging his head on the table and briefly knocking him out. Sharkov pulls out his handcuffs as the doctor starts to come to. What happened? Sharkov prepares to cuff him. You're under arrest for kidnapping Commandant Khan and the death of a officer. What are you talking about? I never- The doctor's confused expression suddenly changes to a look of absolute joy. Dean! I always hoped you had returned. Uh, the doctor hugs Sharkop against his will. My greatest success. Sharkop pushes him off. What you are talking about? I'm not part-time. The doctor stares in confusion once again. You really don't remember, do you? You signed up for the program all those years ago. I made you what you are today, here in this very lab. Sharkop goes into shock and dazes into yet another flashback. Interior, laboratory, night, flashback. Sharkop, as Dean Jones, sits at a desk across from the doctor with a contract and pen. Now, are you sure you'll want to go through with this? Dean signs the papers and hands them to the doctor. Hey, wait, 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 Dr. Gorgie's dying. Interior, laboratory, night, flashback. Later, the doctor straps Dean onto the table. Ready to play card? Wait, wait, don't. The doctor pats him on the shoulder. Best of luck, son. Dean salutes the doctor as he walks over to activate the machine. The machine starts up, shocking Dean, slowly warping and mutating his body. Within moments, he is transformed into... Shark Cop. Interior, laboratory, afternoon. The flashback ends. Oh my god, this is true! Indeed. Twenty years ago, I started experimenting with cross-species genetics, hoping to create an elite squad of aquatic-based officers for the police force. You volunteered to be the first test subject, resulting in my contribution to scientific community. However, you had lost all your memories in the process. Why didn't you find or tell me the truth? I thought you had perished. The most I could do was move on with my work. Very well. 
Okay. I still have to see you in. If you don't understand, I don't have anything to do with the, those crimes you've mentioned. I have no re recollection of it. Then who did? I could answer that. Suddenly, two hands of an unknown being emerge from the shadows, grabbing the doctor and throwing him to the floor. What's the show? The unknown figure walks out of the shadows, revealing itself to be Dark Shark, a super mutant identical to Shark Cop, but more sinister in appearance and demeanor. Hello, brother. Dark Shark smacks Shark Cop to the ground. Shark Cop pulls out his phone and dials. Back up, repeat, I need back. Shark Cop looks behind him, hearing what he just said coming out another line. Parafera emerges, holding his phone in the air. I'm sorry, Sharky. Parafera subdues and cuffs him before any more any move can be made, then shows him a barnacle growing on the back of his neck. Just as I predicted. You follow the pedal pebbles straight to us. Sharkov struggles to escape. You tweet us in our best! Parafera smacks him. Don't be so hard on him. He needed his saltwater problem covered up, so we cut a deal. Once I have my new order, Mr. Parafero will become my chief of police. What's your game, Finn? You're one to talk, but I was praying you'd ask. Why don't you ask your maker over there? The doctor lays... Sorry, the doctor lays on the floor, giving a look of absolute remorse. It's... it's all coming back to me now. After I lost you, I attempted to recreate my success. The difference is, this time I attempted to bioengineer him from scratch, to which there were horrifying results. Dark Shark punches the doctor. He created... <clears throat> The wonder that I am. I'm superior to you in every way. Strength, speed, and intellect. Suddenly, all the lights in the lab begin to flicker, revealing super mutants in every corner. Squid, crab, eelman, etc. And now, with my army of fellow super mutants, the finning will initiate, and I can... Finally purify this ocean. Dark Shark walks forward, approaching Shark Cop. But first, I must eliminate my lesser version. Any last words? Dark Shark lifts his claw up to his throat. Dark Shark lifts his claw in the air, ready to slash him. When suddenly the lights begin to flip to flash as an unknown man charges through the room, tackling Parafera and Dark Shark. The, the lights stop flickering, with Shark Cop's eyes adjusting to see everyone around him on the ground. He looks up to see Brittlestar, now rocking a harpoon hand, standing in the center of all the chaos. Everybody stand down before this gets ugly. Shark Cop jumps up with absolute joy. What? you dead! Brittlestar comes over to Shark Cop and slices through his cuffs. All part of a plan. 
when that scum chopped my hand off. I thought it would be better to stay dead. That way I could follow the case undetected. Shark Cop and Brittle Star strike a pose and get ready for action. Approaching Dark Shark. You have one chance to come quietly. Dark Shark gets back up. Bold attempt, but nothing can stop this. Dark Shark pulls a small device out of his pocket and pushes a button before bolting down the hall. Activate! Suddenly, the barnacles on Parafera's neck begin to inflame as he violently transforms into a mutant lobster. As the army of super mutants come to and begin to charge towards Brittle Star and Shark Cop, they raise their fists, or harpoon, ready for action. The mutants charge as a quick fight with Parafera and the mutants ensues, and Sharkov and Brittle Star prevailing. Sharkov runs over to the doctor, shaking to shaking to wake him up. Doctor, Gorkenstein, get out! The doctor comes to and looks looks around in shock. Oh dear, what happened? Long story. All that matters now is we stop this son of a bass. He's gone. To be away, we can end this. Dr. Glickenstein thinks for a second before snapping to a realization. I've got it. Every mutant has a failsafe implanted into them. If I can get to the main computer, I can set them at them terminating them all. However, that would mean... Dr. Glickenstein gives Shark Cop a knowing look. There's no time to talk about this! Ideas! We got to move! The three are about to move before noticing that Parafera and all the mutants have healed and are getting back up, ready to attack. Where do you think you're going? Go! I'll handle this! We're blind. Go! Before it's too late! Always! Got to be at the heel! Don't you! Brittlestar smirks and the two leave. He rolls up his sleeves and raises his fist in harpoon hand. Let's party. Brittlestar charges at him as a brawl ensues. Interior, Glickenstein's office, laboratory, afternoon, continuous. Sharkoff and Glickenstein enter the room and head for the computer before Dark Shark emerges from the shadows blocking their way. You just don't know when to quit, do you, Sharky? Sharkoff gestures Glickenstein to stay behind him. Quit! I'm just getting started! The two charge at each other and begin to brutally pummel each other. They're evenly matched at first, but Dark Shark slowly begins to overpower him. Dark Shark slams him to the floor and holds him down. Face it, Binhead. You can't win. I am the superior Shark Cop, and soon I will be the only one. I do have one thing you don't. And what's that, Fish Breath? Make insurance! Suddenly, Dark Shark is smacked up the head with a keyboard by Dr. Glickenstein, causing him to lose his grip. Shark Cop l- rapidly takes the upper hand, but uh, bites him in the shoulder, then slips back around him, ripping his back fin off. Can't fuss him soon! Shark Cop throws the fin to the ground. Dark Shark slowly gets back up, visibly in pain. We're not done yet. I will prevail. The anticipation could be cut with a knife. The room seems to stop for a second. No! Darkop swiftly uppercuts him, knocking him out before passing out, uh, passing out from exhaustion. 
Dr. Glickenstein comes over to help him up as the two head to the computer. Glickenstein pulls Sharkop to the side of his desk. He boots up the computer and gets the program ready, then motions his finger towards the kill switch. Are you sure you want to do this? I mean, if I activated your... Sharkop looks up at the doctor and nods solemnly. Very well. The doctor hits the switch as a tear rolls down his cheek. Interior, laboratory, afternoon. Brittlestar fiercely continues to fight the mutants before they all suddenly drop to the ground. The mutants separate their human elements from the fish elements. Brittlestar, stunned at first, gives a sigh of relief before rushing to meet the others. Interior, Glickenstein's office, laboratory, afternoon. Continuous. Brittlestar enters. We did it, Sharky! Brittlestar looks around, noticing that Shark Cop is nowhere to be found. Where's Shark Cop? You are too late. Glickenstein gestures his head to the floor where there, where there lays the body of Dean Jones and Shark Cop, now separated from each other. Brittlestar stares in shock and sorrow for a moment before gloomingly lowering his head. He then walks over in anguish and sits with the doctor over the bodies. Exterior, field, day. A few days later. Uh, dozens of citizens, along with the people who have encountered a new shark cop, depressingly gather around two tombstones. One reading, Great Shark. The other reading, Better Cop. The guests begin to come forward, giving their eulogies, starting with, starting with Brittle Star. Dean Jones. Shark Cop was Trunks Bay's two true hero. We may have at times butted heads, but in the end, he always had my back. I should have respected him more. Brittlestar steps off and hands it over to Glickenstein. He was my greatest success. I should have... I should have treated him more as a person than as a test subject. And then Jay from Time Shark Fusion and Time Battle. He was one fine dude. Had some of my best adventures More guests follow, and the funeral slowly dies down to a point where only Brittlestar and Glickenstein remain. They stand over the graves. Glickenstein comes and puts his hand over Brittlestar's shoulder. It's getting late. We should probably head out. I'll catch up in a moment. Dr. Glickenstein exits. Brittlestar continues to brood over the two graves for a moment. He pulls out Shark Cop's fedora and places it between the two tombstones and leaves. The end. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, I know Christian spoiled the ending last week, but it still like hit me when he died. Can we get an after the chat, gamers? God, that was awesome. I'm so happy we got to read the script again. Yeah, well, this was your first. It was your first movie project, right, Doug? Yep, first and, one. And Bruce, my you were still one, new as well. Yeah, you. Well, were, my first was one was Zero Day. I, this was my second one, I think. Oh, Liam, <laughs> how, is your throat sore at the moment? Do you feel that voice in you now? Not really. Man, even my Wait, dark no. shark was hurting me. I think it's because the I think it's because the movie project guys had me do it so much, no, sure. or like it's or they had me do something similar, so I've gotten used to it. I always I always choose like 
I'd like to have a pirate, you know? Like, I always choose those kinds of voices and stuff, and then I regret them afterwards. I don't know. My voice, sometimes when I voice, when I do my Patrick impression for too long, it holds, I, what is it? I tend to hold on to it when I'm done doing it. Your Patrick impression? Yeah. Can we hear it? Can we hear it? Can we hear it? You've got it set to M for mini. You have to set it to you got to set it to W for Wumbo. Liam, that's really good. <laughs> I've practiced a lot. I used to do it for Lauren and the Volk guys all the time. That's awesome. Billy and Patrick would be best friends. Yeah. I'm Squidward. I'm Squidward. 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 <laughs> I, like I had no that. idea, Liam. I had no idea you were sitting on that. Maybe. Where's the Where's the leak, ma'am? Finland. Finland. <laughs> no, this is Patrick. <laughs> yeah, do, do, do some weird booby quotes like the Patrick voice if possible. Um, what one? Uh, I don't know some other quotes that are Patrick voice just to hear um, in the voice. Let's do Patrick's voice. Did I ever tell you how I got these scars? <laughs> this is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would love to. Uh, this is the first I've ever uh, read of anything Shark Cop or seen of Shark Cop. I had no idea how many different fish puns you could fit in to just comment everyday yeah. sayings. What about you, Liam? You're the one who wrote the script. What do you think of it now? Okay, a more a fair assessment would be that I just would be that I just turned it into a screenplay. You guys wrote this. I turned it into a screenplay. Yeah. Or put it into a screenplay format. Um, still, you are the one who wrote it. What do you think of your work yeah, now? You wrote it down. Um, uh, it was, it was fun. I mean, like, uh, it's interest. It, uh, if anything, when we worked on it, it kind of just showed me, and I think it showed a lot of our members that there's a big. Uh, was it really shows that when you're making a movie, you're really making three movies. There's the one you write, the one you shoot, and the one that gets edited as the movie that got edited is very different than what was originally written down. So it really showed that creative process. And hopefully uh, you guys uh, doing this uh, read-through or radio play really helps uh, send that home. Send that home! Bruce, what did you think of it? I liked it. It is funny because it's funny how, like, it really dropped off just if it went... It really how it fit that doesn't totally fit in with the other shark cops, but then again, do the do any the the shark cop do 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 any of them really make sense? Do does anything we make make sense? We have autism in our name, <laughs> and that is why it's fun. I mean, I mean, I guess shark cop does kind of have a similar structure to like the Evil Dead movies, where none of the sequels really follow each other's each other very well. But but do they need to? Sometimes is it nice just to have something fun? Yeah. 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 Christian was talking last time about how the fir first few Shark Cop movies have like a continuity, but then it goes off the rails. Yeah, it kind of could get, get the bit odd, and then three just like, oh, let's just do, do something different. Well, I now remember. Something, now it's time for something completely different. 
Well, I remember with uh, Shark Cop, a lot of why we decided to do this one is because uh, the kids who made the first Shark Cop or whatnot, they had gotten older and they wanted to do something more mature or like mm -hmm. just do a Shark Cop movie with a little bit more of a grit to it before they wanted to retire the character. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I and kind of want to think about, right, like, okay, like, we Shark Cop had to die at the end. It was foretold. I've always pictured this movie. Uh, I've made the joke before, but I always kind of picture it as being like an how Marvel always has like an alternate universe or something. So mm. if we ever wanted to bring him back, you know, we could just do well, we could just say this is an alternate universe because practically yeah. everything is different in this. Right. How many shark yeah, how many shark cop movies are there? Well, like there are like of course like three, but also uh Time battle. Well, there's the crossover, uh, Time Shark yeah. Fusion. Time, oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Time Shark Fusion. That's why, uh, that's why that character I played at the end was in it, um, Jay. Yeah. 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 I was the one Jay was in. He was also in number two. Oh, yeah, he does show up in number two. Or, yeah, no, he, he, the, there's a running joke where he always mixes up the names of things or he's not thinking. <laughs> Where he's like, uh, like the second movie, he sends him to uh, Bay Trunks instead of uh, Trunks Bay, where he's from. And uh, then at the end, he almost sends him to a place called Bunks Tay. Bunks Tay! You must see it! Yeah, I you believe it. it! What are your thoughts, Dillis? My thoughts on the reading fun is kind of like fun for me because I get to play. I'm happy that I got to read this again because it just gave me such a such a nostalgia kick. Like I just felt like because this was the first movie project I ever did, and I was just there's a bit of a joke me and Liam talk about. It's kind of funny. So I was 12 when we first filmed this. You just basically watched me grow up and one oh, film was you're where a big doctor, kid now. Where Dr. Glickenstein says, you are too late. And my voice has gotten so deep at the time. Yeah, because we had to go back for re to shoot some more stuff like a year later. <laughs> like my voice I honestly thought, like, like oh, is that just, is Shark Cop 3 just not happening? And it's just like, I was really confused. But I'm so happy we got to read this again. Ooh, it was fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. It was uh, wicked. 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 <laughs> well, that's all we're gonna have. Uh, all the time we're gonna have here today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for coming. Always make sure to like and subscribe or whatever it is. Like, subscribe, and follow our social medias, or we will find where you live. Where you live? I am Doug. Dillis! And I am a carbon-based life form. <laughs> Guess would you like to sign us off this time? Sure. I'm Connor. I'm Liam. Thanks for having us.
Bruce, bold, bold choice, but we've got to get later. Dillis, can you, Dillis, Dillis, can you say Askas signing out? Askas signing out. See you later. Good work, you guys.